Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Extra Special Podcast. I'm your host, John Andrade, and I took some time off. I took a little bit of time off because of everything going on in the world, and I think I might do its own separate episode uh, about everything that's been happening. I've recorded this intro about six times now, and each time I don't think I'm giving the the due diligence, and I don't think I'm giving the... Uh, the proper respect to the things that I want to talk about, so I'm just only going to reference them. I'm just going to talk about them right now, and there will probably be a podcast episode in the future about everything that's been happening from my perspective, but on this week's episode, we have Erica Andrews on, and Erica is the current Athens City Lead and Expansion Coordinator for Java Joy, and she does an amazing job of being a great leader to me and Matt and running the whole Java Joy team. So we sit down and talk about her journey to ESP, some of her hobbies and what she does outside of work. We have a really cool conversation about uh, representation with people with disabilities in movies and books, um, and we talk a good bit about just different podcasts to listen to, different books to uh, to read, and, and things like that. So we learn a whole lot about Erica, and we have a really fun conversation. She even turns it back on me and asks me a few questions. So all in all, I think a really great episode that I hope that you guys enjoy. Um, as always, uh, it means the world to me. Anybody that listens, anybody that shares, anybody that leaves a review, literally any interaction with the podcast. People that tell me in real life, oh, I listened to the last episode and it was so cool, like, that means the world to me and I can't put it into words how much it means and, and how good it makes me feel when I see people interacting with it, man. So thank y'all so much for, for all you do and helping helping spread the message, man. It really means the world. So as always, I hope that you guys enjoy the episode. I hope that you guys gain something from it, a laugh, a quick escape from reality, uh, a quick way to kind of ease your mind, whatever this podcast gives you. I hope you gain that from it. Um, and I'll be releasing a episode soon, maybe the end of this week, but definitely at the beginning of next week. So hope that you guys enjoy. Hope that you guys take care. I uh, love you guys, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Extra Special Podcast. I am live here with Erica Andrews. Erica, how are you doing today? I am good, John. I'm very excited. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. Well, um, let's start off with, because I, I had one thing in mind, but first, let's, let's follow the formula. How did you become a part of this ESP family on your first stint? Because for everyone listening, this is not Erica's first time being at ESP. So where did you first begin at ESP? How did you first begin your journey at ESP? And how did that lead you to where you are today? Yeah, definitely not my first rodeo. Right. Um, let's see. I had worked previously at another camp in Georgia called Camp Glisson. I directed their overnight summer camp for children and adults with disabilities called Camp Sparrowwood. Mm -hmm. And my older sister, Janelle, um, actually used to work for Laura at the front office, I guess, was a personal assistant, office admin, mm -hmm. all-encompassing. And... She had just talked about how obviously amazing ESP is. And so I had finished my fourth summer at Camp Glisson and really wanted, you know, something more. I had another summer to give. I didn't want to give classes. Mm -hmm. The summer, the sacred summer. So I asked Janelle if I could meet with Laura and I got to interview. And this was still when I think Laura did like 100% of camp interviews. Mm -hmm. Jake and Kaylin hadn't quite come into the picture yet or right. they had just come into the picture. It was 2015. Mm -hmm. And um, I got to do specialty in 2015, the summer, and 
it was still with the last summer that we were in the gym all together. So actually very funny. My Java Joy office now, I shared that office with Jake and Kaylin in oh, 2015. Wow. Wow. Um, How things change. I know. <laughs> and uh, it was the best summer ever. Um, you know, brag skits have always been a thing, but I think Jake and I, if I remember correctly, had an all-out war for each other, and our brag skits turned into just us pranking each other. Just beef, just all summer. I think, like, I had him, like, turn a hose on, like, like the water on while the hose was in his mouth one time. Oh, Lord, man. <laughs> he dumped a whole thing of flour on me. I, was, I mean, everything. Right. So, um, after that, graduated school, went and did some retail development, and went out of state for a few years, and then... Um, took some night classes at Emory to get an HR certification and mm-hmm. did that at an amazing company called Booster. Um, love them. But when I found out about the Java Joy opportunity, um, it felt a little bit like coming home, as mm-hmm. I like to say. Um, you know, these feel like people that I've known for a long time. I've been involved with ESP in one way or another, whether it's coming to Big Hearts or just coming to functions. But um basically called Laura and demanded that I take her out to breakfast so I could tell her I wanted the job mm-hmm. and it kind of transparently it didn't trick her but I was like hey you know me and Peter are getting pretty serious I'll probably move to Athens soon mm-hmm. can we talk about careers and connections and she was like yeah and then I was like wait draw a joint right. <laughs> and here you are the current Athens City Lead and Expansion Coordinator, correct? Yes, that is your official title. Expansion. In my head, your name is Boss Lady, but those <laughs> those titles mean certain things. So what does your job look like now being the, the head of Java Joint Athens and trying to get this thing off the ground into all these other cities? What kind of things do you do now? Well, you know, Laura and I keep joking. We have to be the craziest people to continue a hug business in the middle of COVID. Um, but for us, Athens City Manager looks like running a job of joy in a city. Mm-hmm. We're very fortunate here in Athens that ESP has founded a lot of these relationships for job of joy, but right. that's helping work with my amazing AmeriCorps team managers, um, mm-hmm. doing, hello, working events, um, like donor and development, mm-hmm. getting to kind of dream for Athens and what that will look like for us. And then as more of like a national expansion, that's helping coordinate cities as they begin. So looking at those three essential kind of partnerships that it takes to get a city started, which is the champion, the people who want it there, mm-hmm. and then our coffee partner and our nonprofit partners. And then ultimately we'll come hire someone. But, you know, like I said, I, I have done retail development before, but there's like nothing like this. Yeah. Because everyone wants job joy. Right. And we're, <laughs> we're getting started in a few different cities. The... You know, the Romes, the San Frans, the Atlantas of the world. And I'm really enjoying the process of getting it to different cities because it's something that's so cool and unique here that is only here, like ESP and Java Joy. There's other places like Java Joy, um, like Fiddy and Bose. I think there are like services and uh, companies similar, but there's no ESP or Java Joy anywhere else. So getting this one special niche thing that we have and putting it out all over the country is, uh, is really amazing. How soon do you think we will see another java joy in another city coming at you live october 20 of 20 of 20 2020 uh-huh. um rome and atlanta will be launching mm-hmm. like fully launching like breaking ground like all the way turned up um okay probably atlanta first rome second we haven't put an exact date you know we're watching the public health right now right. taking that into account but um very fun we actually have already hired a joyrista in atlanta mm-hmm. to do some marketing and do some online stuff Shout so to liz. i know where are you at liz um <laughs> she is gonna be super fun but we you know something else that's very cool 
that I think is very distinctive of us is we have offered virtual employment through mm-hmm. everything and hopefully as we go to new cities that's something else we'll do you know mm-hmm. I mean the employment workforce right now is wild just in general so I love that we've been able to do that for our joyristas right I was gonna ask what the hardest part of your job is or what's the most difficult slash challenging part of the situation and you kind of touched on it though uh, the world we're living in right now is just crazy with the COVID stuff how has that impacted our operations and your you know job here at ESB because it's impacted everybody you know in different ways and it's it's just so crazy because we talk about it every single day almost like just everybody like it's like the number one topic and it's not going away really anytime soon as far as this. so like how how has that made things more difficult do you think for Java Joy? Besides, like, the obvious fact of, like, just not being able to physically, like, hug people. Yeah. The coffee hug and joy has really thrown us for a loop. Uh-huh. Um, you know, not to turn your question back on to you. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's primarily at the events with me or maybe even more so there than I am, you know, breaking habits and breaking things that we have trained these baristas to do can be difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I mean, I even had to, like, double take like don't hug them yeah, don't yeah. high five don't touch people I think you'll watch like people even in business settings right now go to like shake someone's hand and like pull back, pull back. Like you just that, look yeah. like a, a robot but um I think having to break down what that looks like you know we're really lucky to be in a place where marketing and being able to share your message on so many different platforms is super readily available but right. you know we've done everything we can to take steps of you know touchless delivery or um, face masks, face shields, having parents drop uh, their joyristas or should I say caretakers or whomever Mm -hmm. drop their joyristas off at events and keep the distance as best as possible. But, Mm -hmm. you know, for us, as cliche as it may sound, I think people need joy right now. Mm -hmm. Things are canceled. I mean, businesses are having to move things sales are different than they have ever been expected to be it was a really great economy and so I feel like our joy has been essential and being able to share that message honestly has felt not like the most difficult part but I feel like being able to tell businesses that we're still ready to serve or Mm -hmm. we're still ready to come out has been probably the hardest in my opinion yeah it's for sure needed at a time like this even me you know contemplating this podcast episode I just kind of internally decided I was talking to Marcel about this earlier I kind of just internally decided to give it a break for about like a week and and some change because you know with everything going on in the world not just corona everything going on I felt like it wouldn't have been prudent to try to release content and it's like hey check out like my podcast while everyone's dealing with so many different things I don't want to distract or take uh take attention away from those things so I wanted to sit a little bit but I I completely agree I thought it was about time this week to kind of get back on because people for sure need some beacon of hope and positivity right now because it seems like anytime you turn on the tv it's just something bad whether rona related or not is just more bad news that we're getting so I think as much as we can to spread the joy and and make people happy we should do that as much as possible yeah and you know we actually had intended to do like this big exercise kind of movement in the month of June and we made a huge decision to let I'll use the words Black Lives Matter to like let it be what it needed to be and Mm -hmm. still should be in social media and that has been something that I think different organizations and people organizations that we admire we've been watching 
see what they do and see how people are handling this and also getting to work with our team to see how we can best honor not only our employees of color but also honor just what this movement needs and Black Mm -hmm. Lives Matter needs in the social media and what it deserves so it is it's there's no written way to do it and there's no nobody is standing outside telling you how to do it but we're trying to do our best which I think is okay yeah I think we're doing a pretty good job of it for sure all things considered it's like I said it's just a such a weird space living like this in the world because everyone on the planet is dealing with the same thing I know that's something that's so crazy to even think about like it's we're all dealing with the same thing and everyone has to do their part to make it go away like it's not going to go away unless we all make a change to make it happen so it's been interesting trying to see but like you said there's no how-to book on how to do this stuff how to handle yourself during a pandemic or any of these other things going on but I think we're doing it um we're doing it the right way <laughs> hard pivot we've talked about this before and I've mentioned this on some of my social medias before it's a fact that I don't think a lot of people know and it very well might be the title to this episode you are aware that Pablo Picasso was alive and well in 1973, right? Um, Pablo is the one who lost his ear, correct? No, I believe that is Vincent Van Gogh. That is Vincent Van Gogh. Pablo Picasso is... Yes, he is the very abstract art. That's not the correct term. Sorry, all the art fans out there, there's a different... He. There's an actual term for yes, it. Yes, <laughs> his type of art has a, a genre. Um, yeah. He was alive in the 70s. And I think when most people think, at least me, and I, this is what I want to share with people because some people are going to be like, what? And some people are going to be as shocked as me. I heard this and I was very shocked because I think the name Pablo Picasso and I think of 1800s. I think he was probably alive like 1810s or like 1880, but he was he died in 1973. Is that not the craziest fact you've heard all day? That is one of the Pablo craziest. Pablo Picasso. Old Pablo. You know, he, um, it's so interesting. I feel like he did... I mean, obviously, I can't even remember the name of the genre of art he has, so I don't really know. But he did a, a big service to that art, I feel like, as far as getting weird with your art. Like, mm-hmm. There's so many. Kind of like doing your own yeah, thing and not following your... like a formula. Yeah. Like, yeah. He did a great job. I did not know it was the 70s. Yeah. And I took an art class in college. Mm. But it was my freshman year. It wasn't year, an so. art history class, was it? It was. Mm. <laughs> I should have told you about old Pablo. I should have told you. Um, can I ask you a question now? Indeed. And this is more selfish because, Be selfish. Um, you know, your time is wrapping up here and I literally think about it every day and cry when I know that you two are going to leave me. <laughs> what has been, I'm going to be selfish because I know that you've done FEL a prior year to this mm-hmm. with ESP, but as far as job joy goes, what has just been like the, like the epitome, the pinnacle, this has been the best thing? Hmm. Like a moment that kind of like personifies like the year for me or like the biggest impact kind of. A moment, if that is what shines brightest to you or like a thing like I can't believe I got to do this or I love training or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, um, I can answer that in a few different ways. So as far as overarching feelings about it. Um, the one thing that I always go back to is the conversation that me and Jake had where he said the difference between FEL and Java Joy is that with FEL, you get a lot of gratification later on down the road. So I can have a phone conversation and a new family meeting with the family and they can sign up for 360 two months later. And then I can see them two months later and say, oh yeah, it's so great seeing you, da 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 da, and it feels good. 
the big difference between Java Joy is it's more instant gratification, which is where you literally get to be at an event and see the joy reaches and see them interact with people. You get to see them brighten up someone's day. You get to have someone come up to you and say, wow, I've never been around someone with a disability before. Wow, I didn't know this population could work a job. Wow, I didn't know this, that, or the third. So you get to instantly see the fruits of your labor and the impact of your work and their work in real time. So as far as just like overall feelings and thoughts about it, that is probably my my favorite distinction between Java Joy and FDO. As far as different moments, um, so many different ones stand out. Like I said, little ones about just conversations that people have with me, but things that we've done, we've gone all over. And I think one of the cool things was earlier this year, we went to Delta's like national headquarters in Atlanta for like a whole, it was like a 12 hour thing that we did. And then we came back another day and did it. But we've gone to so many different places. I mean, we've gone to the Chick-fil-A like headquarters while they have their, I don't even know the word for it, these long sessions and like all the Chick-fil-A folks from all over the country are coming down there. Like we served there, we served at Delta National Headquarters, all these big office buildings in Atlanta, which are overlooking the whole city, you're 50 floors up and stuff. So we've been, feel like all over the state. We've been in the car at four in the morning driving to Atlanta and <laughs> Those are probably the memories that are going to stick with me. Just all the different places we've gone, all the different things that we've done, people we've seen. Because in the moment, sometimes it's not always fun. Sometimes it sucks. It's four in the morning. I'm driving, you know. I was about to say, you're probably carrying the Cambros and yeah, everything you I just mentioned. Say, me and Ferg have been for sure in the trenches, both going to different spots in Atlanta on the same morning at five in the morning, driving down the road. Like you're tired. You're going to have to carry like you said, Cambros up 50 <laughs> floors of stairs or whatever, serve and then drive back and all. You have to do it all. And in the moment, you might like, oh, man, this is kind of rough or whatever. But it's always when you look back at stuff, you remember how fun it was. And that's what I remember about all my old memories. Even if something wasn't fun in the moment, I always look back like, I miss doing that. Like stuff last year, like, oh, that was fun. Like maybe it kind of sucked then. Maybe it was hot. Maybe I was tired. But I'll always have that memory. And that's what I think even on days like, you know, like I said, that aren't as, you know, fun as the super fun days. I always think back like, yeah, in like two months, three months, I'm going to look back at this and it's going to be fun. Yeah. And it's going to be one of my fun memories. So I always, th those moments like that, I mean, like just driving back from an event with like Donna riding shotgun, mm -hmm. just like talking, like shooting the breeze about whatever. Um, just those moments that today at an event, me for a cool man, Donna, just talking just about stuff. Like those are the moments I'm probably going to miss more than anything. And you don't get a lot of that, um, working in different capacities. So it's, yeah. I know I went all over the place. No, that, I loved it. I, no, it's good. I remember it and I feel sure. like it's easy to like pick like it as a whole. I don't know. Java Joy is so, this is so cliche yet again, but I like mean it. Java Joy does provide meaningful employment and like the meaningful community and meaningful relationships that come out of it. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like there's probably Joy Reese's and or people from like FEL that you will never lose contact Absolutely. with. Absolutely. So. It's real, guys, okay? Yeah, no, it's an <laughs> I, that's, that's one thing I was going to say. I, I try not to embellish in the things I talk about. And I know when you listen to a podcast about a particular place, everything about that place is going to sound perfect, right? Yeah. It's going to sound like through the microphone, through your phone, however you're listening. It sounds like, like Wonderland, right? Like, it's, it can't be that good. Like, it's too good to be true. But I have not embellished anything I've ever said on this <laughs> podcast. Everything I say, I fully believe 100% about how powerful ESP is, how big of a difference we make, how many people that we impact. Like, it's all true. Like, I don't, I've worked at places before where I endorse them and I don't go as hard as I do for ESP <laughs> because they, they, they weren't as good. Our yeah. message and what we did, our quality of work wasn't to the standard as it is here. So, like, I don't talk like this about every place I work. I'm mm. not, I don't just endorse anybody, but I truly believe all the stuff that I say here. Um, we haven't talked about, we, we've talked about Erica, you know, expansion coordinator, city lead, you know, 
Java Joy Mama, all that stuff. We have not talked about Erica outside of DSP, Erica Andrews. So what are some things that Erica likes to do outside of work, in her spare time? What interests Erica? Um, what things would Erica like to share to the audience about Erica? Um, this is a very fun fact, but I feel like it'll explain just about everything. From the time I was very young, I wanted to be the first childhood food network star i wanted my own show okay. and i wanted it to not only like like i had this vision and dream that i would like every episode like i would be cooking for friends and like planning a party and i think that like if you can translate that 20 years later mm-hmm. um it feels about the same i love cooking mm-hmm. a lot it is a big hobby of mine i've probably loved cooking I, I'm not an excellent baker because out of science I like the capability to mess up and fix so cooking mm-hmm. feels better to me but um cooking especially over quarantine has become a great hobby of mine I've really started doing more baking baking bread um the whole process of rising that's not like the yeast and yeah. all that like oh that. yeah Cheers. so I made some homemade orange cinnamon rolls they were really good okay. um but to combat all of the cooking and things that I love, I I run a lot. Um, work it off. <laughs> you can't work it just off. eat. Um, I love running. Yeah. I ha- used to hate running. It has become a, a learned love. It's become a really great outlet for me, just like mentally being able to clear my space there. Runner's high is a real thing. It took mm-hmm. me maybe two years to learn it, but like the energy that comes after a run is real. Mm-hmm. Um. I love photography. I'm really fortunate to have a dad that had a lot of cameras. He shot um, weddings for years and shot with film and slides. So I've always had... Professional, like, photography. Yeah. Yeah. So for as long as I can remember, I've had a film camera and shot with slides and different things. Um, So basically, as soon as I could, I was probably in high school. I saved up money for a long time, and I bought... Like when DSLRs, digital like cameras were mm-hmm. really getting big, I bought one and I named it Olivia and that, that camera carried me forever. But just as a joy, as a, like a gift to be able to give people, I like to take like friends engagement photos or family photos. And mm-hmm. it's also a very like intimate space taking people's photos. Um, they so, got to trust you. Oh yeah. They gotta, I mean, they reached out to you for some reason. So they got to, you know, trust the work that you're going to do. For yes. Them. But um, without, yeah. I think being able to tell you my childhood dream, how it's kind of transcended. I love coffee. I've probably spent millions, millions of dollars on lattes and coffee, but I just like the experience of coffee shop, which is very good that I work for Java Joy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I wish there was, I not to bring the Enneagram into it. I don't know how many podcasts you've oh, done. Lord. <laughs> I'm definitely a two. I love my people. If I could say the best things about me it's probably my best friends and my humans so Mm -hmm. it's I'm like not that exciting I'm also like a true grandma in the sense that I like going to bed at 9 p.m and waking up at 5 a.m that's my best life five yeah oh yeah oh yeah also I started a garden like every morning is that just like a routine that you have or is that something you strive to do um it's not every day but Uh I strive when I lived in Atlanta it was a definite yes Mm -hmm. here um, I don't have to as much. Traffic is not as bad. Yeah, I was going to say. That's, that's, <laughs> you're probably sitting there for like an hour every morning just like oh, working yeah. in Atlanta. 
drinking my coffee, listening to my podcast. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of, do you have any podcasts that you listen to that you would like to suggest? Other than obviously the extra special podcast. Of course, first things first, that one. Um, you that's know, it. I love to get down with the true crime podcast. Yeah, that's everybody. Everybody that listens to podcasts, they, I'm gonna have to actually start listening to those. I hear that. So oh much. my gosh! Well, you have to start with serial. There's Cere- no option. It's the serial. original true like crime. Serial killer, yeah, serial. It's spelled like serial, like mm-hmm. serial killer, but it's um, he the person I don't think is a serial killer, um, but I won't spoil it for you. It's just the most famous true crime podcast ever. So you're saying there's a chance he might be a serial killer, and yeah. you don't know for a fact. Um, he was a high schooler, so the chances are low, in my opinion. Gotcha. But there is not only a podcast called Serial. There's probably fifty podcasts. That you could listen to about cereal after the fact. Um, like other people discussing like that episode and stuff? Yes. Okay. Discussing just like the podcast itself. Um, I Like I said, I was in HR for a long time. So I like a lot of the Harvard Business Review stuff. Okay. Um, there is one called Hidden Brain. The Hidden Brain. I think they may have changed the NP. It's an NPR podcast. But um, the host's name is Sean Kirby Danta. And it's just like little short episodes of like cool weird facts mm-hmm. very npr very amazing um they talked about that in his episode Some, something public radio national public national, radio yeah, yeah oh yeah he said he listens to that a lot too very good very good I'll check it out. um my last and final recommendation and i can't express it it's also an npr podcast it's called invisibilia specifically season one i didn't really get into the second or third or now fourth season but mm-hmm. Invisibilia is about um, the invisible forces that run our lives. So, for instance, fear, love, Mm. um, different things. And they take a scientific approach and they do like the ethos, pathos, all of that. So they'll get a personal story or multiple. They'll do scientific. They'll get reviews from scientists. But, for instance, like the episode about fear, they get... Someone who the sweat of someone who went skydiving, and hang, this hang on, you said the, the sweat, sweat. Okay. the sweat, the first break, gotcha. the first break. Some make sure I heard right. You said okay, and then they compare it to the sweat of someone who has been jogging, and they like basically. I'm not telling this scientifically correct, but they'll hook someone up to like a a sensor, and they have then smell the two sweats, and the sweat of the person skydiving, like the part of your brain that senses fear is like an almond shape. It lights up when they smell. It. So. Guys, we can smell beer. Doing some stuff. <laughs> like, they're doing some actual experimental <laughs> stuff. That's really interesting. You said it's called Invisibilia. Invisibilia, okay. The two co-hosts are two females, and they almost sound so similar. It sounds as if there's only one host, uh-huh. but they're it, they're incredible. You'll love it. And is there, like, a different topic each episode? Mm-hmm, so, like, fear, uh-huh. um, like, categories. You know how we, like, yeah, yeah, categorize yeah. things. It goes on and on. I'll have to check it out. Invisibilia, okay, sweet. Yeah. What about books that you have? Do you have any books or series that you would suggest to people since we're all stuck inside right now reading books? Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to listen to Harry Potter growing up. You told me. <laughs> but I do a like real, Harry Potter. A real wedge in our friendship, um, I should say. One of my favorite books is actually a murder book. But it's not really what it seems. Well, the murder serial killers. It's not a murder. It's called The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. Okay. It's written from the perspective of a person who has autism. And he's a kid. Mm. So he finds... I know this is very sad to say, maybe over the podcast. He finds the dead dog in his front yard. 
But I think, from what I could imagine it would feel like to have autism, the book portrays it very well. And um, the pages are a little bit more interactive, but it's still a novel. Um, it's very good. Did uh, I don't, You might not know this. Did Do you know his experience with autism at all? Does, did he have like a kid or something like that? Because that's something I've kind of... I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod, but um, typically able, able-bodied people... Um, representations and media of people that have a disability there's like a there's like a blurred line there so like did you see that kevin hart movie a few years ago where he was like a caretaker for um it's a guy from uh, breaking bad brian cranston mm-hmm. brian cranston played a guy that was disabled so right. he was in a wheelchair and there was kind of i don't say outcry but there was definitely some criticisms because people were saying how come you don't want to get a someone who actually, person who actually is in a wheelchair you know like maybe there was a guy that's an amazing actor who's also in a wheelchair would have done a great job but you went with the a-list name over somebody what do you think about like that because i think like it's kind of dicey because people that are making the movies or the books or whatever they want to have representation have that but if you don't have someone actually from that community people are saying that you're not giving them probably what what do you think about that you know um i don't have never thought of it the book is actually older Uh 2003 um, I happen to have it pulled up right here. Um, you know, I actually haven't thought of it, which makes me wonder what he actually did. I feel my hope is he did either some serious research mm-hmm. or some serious interviewing. But now that you say it, I'm not aware. But it's something, if something's your favorite, you should know. Yeah. I just, I just wonder about that a lot because, you know, from that community, like I said, there's people that could be like, well, how come if you were truly wanting to spotlight it? spotlight us how come you couldn't give one of us a chance to be in the in the movie like that but then there's also the side of it that what if the people that apply just didn't have the acting skills that brian Cranston? so like i kind of see like both sides of it but representation is just it's like a it's such a dicey like blurred line nowadays because there's people on both sides saying things that are kind of valid and, and have merit to it so it's tough yeah and listen i like wish there was more like representation there's like I feel like a few brands that do really well with like models and stuff, but I, I haven't thought about it from the book perspective. Mm-hmm. But it makes I now have homework to do right yeah, after this. I, was gonna say, I would I would cool. imagine that he, maybe his nephew, maybe a family member, maybe somebody that he like consulted with beforehand or something like that, because that's always interesting when somebody plays something that they're not. Just the information and the the research they do beforehand. I mean, everyone knows what um. Heath Ledger, what he went through to become the Joker and all that crazy method acting and all that stuff. It's just interesting thinking about stuff like that. Like I love thinking about it. I love thinking about method acting. I was a weird theater kid in high school. It is, I mean, it's just like a scary world to like let go of yourself to become someone else. And yeah. I think that potentially someone who's typically able may not be able to do that to understand, I mm-hmm. guess, someone who has a disability. Yeah. You gotta put yourself in someone else. It requires a lot of empathy for sure. So, do you have like a good movie or something that you have enjoyed watching? Like, I guess for instance, a very newer movie that I think that is this well as Peanut Butter Falcon. Mm, have you seen it? I have not seen Peanut Butter Falcon. Is that the one with Shia LaBeouf? Yes, it is very good. It's good. Very good. Because um, he, he had an actor that had what was it Down syndrome mm-hmm. as like this co-star of the movie. Yeah, probably the. Well, yeah, V star. Yeah, I would say V star. It's about him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Shia LaBeouf got it. He was. I think they would say co. Yeah. Um, but do you have like any recommendations for me that you feel like 
books or things do that well? That's a tough one of people that portray somebody else really well. I think back to, I just, not, not in the, ter- the, the wheelhouse of just disabilities, but I th- always think back to just like biopics and stuff like that of somebody playing like another person like that. Um, my, Will Smith and Ali did like a really amazing job of being him. Um, he, he really personified like his, like his, his cadence of his speech and just like a, the, everything that he used while he was speaking. Um, you look at him in the movie and then Muhammad Ali, they're very similar. So that's probably like my best example is Will Smith and Ali. That's good. Because people, it, it's tough to p- portray somebody that's that widely known. Everyone has heard Muhammad Ali talk, seen him, you know, and, and to, to portray him and say, I'm going to beat him for this whole movie, you're opening up yourself to a whole lot of criticism. And I think he did a great job of it. So that'd probably be mine for sure, Will Smith and Ali. Well, out of curiosity, and forgive me if you've already said this on the podcast, but do you have a favorite book? I've talked about it before, um, I think once, like with Avery, I believe it was. It's such a cop-out to say Harry Potter, there's seven of them. Um, As a standalone book, um, there's a couple. Did you ever read Hatchet? No, but I've heard it's excellent. Uh, The plane crash and he's stuck in the woods for like a month and he has to survive. The whole book is just from his perspective, just like living in the woods and he's trying to survive. Very vivid imagery. Um, very tense book, a lot of introspective thoughts, really like that. Maniac McGee is another one that I've spoken about with Avery before. It's about a very young kid named Jeffrey Lionel McGee who lives in a town that is split literally down the middle, white and black. There's an east end and a west end. And he's a kid, doesn't know the difference, doesn't know I can't go on this side of town, all that stuff. Uh, But it's a movie about how he kind of just sheds all of that from the city the the whole city learns from him and through his actions through the book he teaches them that they're all not so different because he starts off on the east side which was in the book it's the white side and he transfers over and he spends a good portion of the book on the west end and it just chronicles his adventures and all the different people that he meets um and how he impacts people and how people see him and and how they learn from him so Probably, like, a cop-out answer, the Harry Potter ones, because I'm a nerd. There's gotta seven of them. Gotta have them. Hatchet, Maniac McGee. Um, but there's more out there I can't think of right now. Okay. Do we have time for me to ask you a question? Have, yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Okay. No, well, this is probably a very classic Erica question. And I would say, like, most people that meet me, and I'm actually pretty positive I've already asked you this, but I just want to say it because it's such a fun one. And everyone should ask their Uber drivers this if you're riding in Ubers right now. Okay. I'm not. Um, <laughs> for sure not. Confirmed. Um, if you could have a dream concert, two openers and one headliner, who would it be? Hmm. That's good. You could have a whole podcast just talking about media, like books, films. This is my wheelhouse. I would love to just talk hypotheticals the entire time because of the nature. There are things I have to hit on. <laughs> I would love to just answer these questions the entire time. Um. I would probably have to pick three people that I have not seen in concert before. So like J. Cole's my favorite rapper, wouldn't pick him because I've seen Same. him four times. Doesn't make sense. I would probably go to a Bob Marley concert where his opening acts were opening acts are supposed to be smaller, but like uh, You know, it's your concert. I was gonna say <laughs> I'd have like Prince opening up for like five, maybe maybe switch it around. Maybe I don't know, but I don't know which name is bigger, but I would for sure be Bob Marley. Um, that I would need there. I would have Prince opening it up, and who else? I want a, I want a woman, but there's so many like great musicians. Yeah, there's good like, luck picking. I was gonna say there's like there's like Sade, there's like Mary J. Blige. There's a lot of good ones. Um, 
I would probably pick. She's actually a, a current person. I'll pick Rhapsody. She's she's a a rapper current like now. Um, she's amazing. I listened to her most recent album, um, which was in like twenty nineteen, and I just became like a huge fan. So I would have Rhapsody and Prince <laughs> opening up for Bob Marley. That would be my concert. Is it spelled like Rhapsody, like R H R A R A P, like rap, and then S O D Y. Oh, like a combination yeah. of Rhapsody and Rhapsody. Then Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's clever. like yeah, like Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever. Yeah. Like that was um. What, what singer was that in that movie, Bohemian Rhapsody? That's about, like, um... It's, uh, Queen. It's not Queen. Yeah, yeah, I think it is Queen, Queen yeah. She's, she's really good, though. I can pull her up, like, real quick. Her, her stuff is just, like, amazing. Yeah, um, and I think that women in music, obviously, women in life aren't as... aren't given the same opportunities. Man, but that's a, no, that's a whole nother podcast, podcast episode. <laughs> that's a whole nother one. But just listening to her, like, she's amazing. That, that's her stuff right there. Like, she's just... She's really good. You John Legend her. and her, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. And Anderson yeah. Pack. Mm-hmm. Oh, you listen... Anderson Pack is fire too. Yeah, he's kind of genre bending with his stuff too. Music is something that I love. It's a whole. We could go on for days about that for sure. But I don't want to. I don't want to hold you up because we've gone like a good bit. I know that you're super busy. Do you have? And this has been an amazing conversation for sure. Do you have any last words slash thoughts you want to leave off with the listeners before we depart? Everyone, Drop Joy has started shipping products. Okay, shameless plug. <laughs> Come get some Java Joy swag. The shirts are soft. The stuff is cool. I'm wearing one now. Oh yeah, you are coffee hug and joy. Um, Where can they find said? My my oh JavaJoy.org. There's a shipping tab. Swag. My other last shameless plug is. I love Matt and John so much, (laughs) and there will never be anyone like them. And everyone should call them and thank them for all the hard work that I've put them through. Um, But that's it. That's me. Much love back to you, Erica. Thank you so much for being on this episode of the podcast. I think we did a great one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Love you guys, and we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.